Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a podcast about productivity so that we can try and be our best selves and live our best lives. I'm Scotty Jackson and joined by, as always, Rosemary Orchard. Rose, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling slightly overwhelmed, but it is appropriate for today's topic. So let's pretend that I was just doing research. It it is. Well, and there we go. We can step right into character. And Yes, that that's exactly what I wanted to talk about this week. I mean, we've talked in the past about, I mean, a lot of our topics have been about like avoiding overwhelm in a lot of ways, right? We've talked about like staying on the rails, how we weekly review, our year-end reviews, how we collaborate with others, all of these things to try and be our best and most productive selves. But then what we haven't talked about yet and what I wanted to talk about today was what happens when we cross that threshold of things going off the rails and feel feelings of overwhelm and things being out of control and and how does that feel like and what do we do about it yeah and i think this is a really important topic to talk about because overwhelm can be a really dangerous spiral i know it starts with me i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed about one little thing and then suddenly this other thing starts eating at me as well and then suddenly i'm starting to feel overwhelmed by everything and that's terrifying mm-hmm. and getting mm-hmm. myself back out of that place and getting back in control and figuring out what triggered it and why it triggered it and how i can fix it is overwhelming. Um, And you can see why I called it a dangerous spiral, because there's so many things that it just feels like are impossible when you're feeling overwhelmed. And it's scary. But, you know, we we all have this from time to time. Totally. And I mean, I I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person who, like, if I uh, once I get spiraling on something, like, like you said, I can think about one thing five times, and then it feels like I have five things to do. Mm -hmm. And then when you multiply that by many things, um, you get, I mean, not only are you naturally overwhelmed, but then you have like this sort of false information overwhelm as well, because now I'm, I'm starting to magnify the thing in my head that is overwhelming me in the first place and making it worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's so easy to do because, and it's, it's a very good symptom or perhaps a very bad symptom, depending on the way that you look at it, of how overwhelm works, because then we start focusing on this one thing that's really bugging us and we're thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And then suddenly you're missing all of these other things as well that start piling up around you. Um, And it's like when the wind knocks over a trash can and rubbish starts blowing everywhere, it all starts blowing down the street. And to start with, it's, it's just one little thing. And then suddenly everything is gone and it's running around and you're chasing it like a loon, um, trying to, to grab everything. And well, that's mm-hmm. not fun. And I was in the UK recently during a storm. So I have firsthand experience of that particular <laughs> live example. But, you know, it, it, it it's it's worrying and I, I don't enjoy it. Sure. And, and I mean, exactly to that point, uh, overwhelm has a lot of sort of emotional hitchhikers that go with it, right? You know, you got worry and panic and anxiety and guilt and all of these other sort of feelings that start to get triggered, at least for me, that start to get triggered. And like, if I'm not careful in managing the whole thing, like I, I can go into system shutdown where like my my brain just refuses starts refusing new information and, and, and that's a bad place to be. So Mm -hmm. um, thinking about like what strategies we employ, I guess, when we, when we start to hit that point uh, or when, when we have hit that point, what do we do about it? And like, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you about that? 
Uh, pen and paper. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> where I start. You know, um, my systems are great. They truly are. They allow me to keep control of everything and track of everything. But when I'm feeling overwhelmed, usually the, the first thing that comes to mind is I need to get a pen and paper and write down everything. Um, and of course I'm going to miss things and I'm going to want to check my other systems, you know, check into Devon thing to see if there's a document there that's got all this information that I need in it or check into my email to make sure I haven't missed something in my email inbox and, oh my gosh, check my OmniFocus to see what else is coming at me because there is going to be something and I will have completely forgotten about it. But I, mm-hmm. that, that's the first thing that comes to mind, pen and paper. And one of the things, because I spent a lot of last year feeling overwhelmed in one way, shape or form, and it was not good. It was really not good. Um, so one of the things I did for this year is I bought a day per page Moleskine notebook. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's got an X-Wing on the front. But it means that every day that I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed, or in some cases to avoid the overwhelm, which is what I'm trying at the moment, I am just writing down you know, those things. And then I can process them and put them into my systems. But pen and paper paper is always my my fallback when when yeah. this sort of situation arises yes yes and i i love i love the feeling with um improv rules i love the feeling of like control i get when i'm like physically holding a pen and physically got a paper in front of me because then i feel like i've got a a sense of control that maybe doesn't you know manifest as strongly when i'm working with digital tools so i mm-hmm. i agree I, I love that um mind mapping uh, and capturing like a maniac is 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 where I start to go as well. Uh, yeah. Getting everything out of my head, even if it seems inane, um, get getting it all out and writing it down because I feel like a with you know physical command over the pen, I'm taking charge of it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. B, I'm recording it so I can come back to it. Um, and then C, I I I'm, you know we talked about you know how we use. Uh, systems in the past, you know, whether you divide, you know, personal and professional and, 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 and so on, uh, we can refer to that in, in show notes. I, I, this is where I really like having one system for everything because then, you know, as, as I start to think about and capture these things, I don't have to worry about where does this go? I can just start putting it all into a system after I've got it out of my head and written it out and, and, and mapped everything. Uh, yeah. and that makes me feel a little bit more, uh, at yeah, at ease with the capture process because I know that I know that it's all going to follow the same trail. Yes, absolutely. And I also find you know at crisis times that's usually when things start going wrong. So you'll forget to charge your iPhone or your Apple Watch will run out of battery or you'll lose your AirPods. Um, last week, uh, as a very clear symptom of this, I managed to lose my credit card. I have literally no idea where my credit card is, but I lost my credit card. It's fine. I canceled it. Nobody used it without my permission. Um, And I've got a new one now, so that's fine. But, you know, these things start going wrong when you're feeling overwhelmed because there's just too much to keep on top of. And one of the great things about paper is it won't run out of battery. You can spill coffee on it. You can spill water on it. You can recycle (laughs) it, shred it. But at the very least, it's not going to run out of battery. And I know the thing that I miss when when I'm feeling overwhelmed is I forget to charge my devices. Um, And that's usually actually a pretty good signal that something's about to go wrong because I've forgotten Mm. to charge my devices. Um, And uh, I, I realized a couple of weeks ago that I've started taking an Apple Watch charger to work every day. 
because I'm not getting up in time in the mornings to be able to charge my watch fully before I go to bed, uh, before I go to work. <laughs> I'm not getting up in the mornings to go to bed. Uh, that 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 would be a fun one. Um, but you know that 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 was a signal to me. You know, like it happens every once in a while. Like I'll be up in the mornings and wandering around and get dressed and everything, and I'll be like, oh darn it, I forgot to take my watch off and put it on charge. But I'm usually pretty good at it. But when when I'm waking up, pulling on clothes, throwing my lunch in my bag, and walking out the door, that's not enough time. To, to charge my watch and I was taking my Apple Watch charger with me and it was like, oh, that that's a sign. Um, and that's mm. that's one of the reasons why – so I've got a very big project going on at work right now. It's supposed to be going live pretty much as we're recording this. It's surprise, surprise, surprise. As with many project deadlines, it's going whoosh. Um, and it's now now expected <clears throat> to go online around Easter. But we're, we're pretty much in crisis mode because we didn't get things ne- when we needed to get them. And so uh, my colleague and I, who are doing uh, the programming work on this, we have got paper, pens, and magnets, and we've put all of our to-dos up on our whiteboard and we're rearranging them and trying to figure out where our dependencies are and what's going wrong, what do we need now, what do we need later, and things like that. And that the paper and pens are both a pretty way to decorate our room and a good way to keep us on top of everything that we've got going on there. Absolutely. And, and enlisting other people in that. So I, I like how you're, you're talking about, you know, how, how we bring everybody together about this. And I think that that can be a really powerful, a really powerful tool. How do you, how do you uh, enlist people for support? Not just in terms of, you know, like emotional, I need to talk, I'm overwhelmed kind of support, but also just tactically, Hey, can you handle X? Can you help me with Y? Can you keep people away from Z? Um, kind of, kind of balancing, I guess, between the people around you in your life and in your world. How can you help them architect a little bit of shelter for you while you go through this, you know, like crisis management? Yes, and it also it's very easy once we start feeling overwhelmed to just stick our head down in in our little burrows and and not think about other people. But usually. You know, we we don't work completely alone. There's somebody else out there that's that's doing something with us. You know, whether it's a partner at home, or or kids, or your dog, or colleagues. You know, if mm-hmm. if you're starting to feel overwhelmed, there's a pretty good chance that somebody else in your life is is feeling overwhelmed in that same area that you are, um, or they might be feeling overwhelmed in a different area. But instead of you know being on your own in your little burrow, building a bunker, um, and and sharing you know the, the shelter from the overwhelm and helping other people build it, um, and putting it together, that's that can be a pretty good way to, at the very least, feel like you're digging yourself out. Maybe you haven't really done the steps yet but you you can start to see that there will be light at the end of the tunnel and that is crucial totally and I, I think i think too there's value in you know and without going into the burrow as you say i think there's a bit of value in in putting a little bit of metaphorical crime scene tape around like a few things so like <laughs> for me I it, it, I will start to try and simplify things as much as I can. So I'll say, okay, this is a moment in time right now where things are not good. So I'm going to take everything in my email inbox and I'm going to throw it into a folder called uh-oh. And I will deal with uh-oh like a, a, on an as-needed basis, but I'm going to take everything out of the inbox and sort of get to there and I'm going to say like, okay, maybe I don't look at the inbox from now on. Um, and I just like focus on uh-oh until it's until it's sorted or depending on how things are going maybe i'm just going to ignore everything and uh-oh and just sort of declare bankruptcy on that and i'll, I'll just start with what comes in from now on yeah. um the other thing that i uh, that i've taken to doing is 
Um, I built a perspective in OmniFocus as my task manager. I'm sure there are probably ways of doing this in other task managers as well that looks at one project called Triage. And it shows me all available actions in triage, but only the next available action. And then what I do is I take everything that's in inbox and I move it to triage. And then I can look at things one at a time because I'm the sort of person who, when I'm overwhelmed, I can't look at my inbox because my eyes will dart all across all of the things. I need to be fed one thing delicately at a time so that, so that I, because that's all I can manage. Otherwise I'll get distracted and start getting worked up about all of all of the things but if i'm mm-hmm. fed one thing at a time and all i can see is one thing at a time that makes inbox processing or inbox management a lot more not just appealing but like actually doable for me yes absolutely um but at the same time you know you said you know focusing on one thing at a time i do find sometimes when i'm being overwhelmed that is not a good time to try and do deep work on a project because usually overwhelm comes from multiple things going crazy at the same time. Um, And so that Mm. means that I need to be a butterfly, as my mom calls it, hop from item to item, uh, do a little bit here, do a little bit there, do something else over here, and just keep hopping around because then you're staying on top of everything. You can think of it like jumping around on top of the cooker um, with all the plates on um, on hot. Uh, You have to, you know, not stay for too long so you don't get burned, which means that you're you're keeping an eye on the other items which might boil over um, as you go. Now, of course, some things this will absolutely not work for. There are some things that you can't just sit and do 20 minutes of stuff on, but you can still consider, okay, well, do I do I need to sit and knock 20 items off of my task list for this thing that's overwhelming me? Or would I be better off knocking one thing off of my task list for this and then going on to, you know, the the next project and the next project and the next project and just seeing to make, making sure everything's in, in order because sometimes, at least for me, n- having that sense in my head that I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing on these other things will distract me from what I'm doing. And that's mm, when I get mm-hmm. into that that nervous state of I'm now just browsing Reddit because if I work on this project, then I don't know what's happening with that project. And if I work on that project, then I don't know what's happening with this other project. So I'm just not going to do any of it. That's right. And that happens. That's um, logical. Yeah. And and I found many great subreddits about cats that way. Um, and there there was a reason one cats on keyboards. Great subreddit. I have to oh give boy. it ten out of ten. But that that's the point where I'm there going. I'm browsing for cat subreddits. Like I there has to be something that I can do to deal with this that is going to be slightly more productive than browsing cat subreddits at ten a.m. Um, and it turns out there is. And you know I got on with it and figured it out. And a five right. minute break as it turned out, was also really helpful because, you know, just because you're overwhelmed doesn't mean that you can't stop and take a break. And in fact, it's even more important when you're feeling overwhelmed that you stop and you take a break and you mm-hmm. sleep. Because this oh. is something I do all the time when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have too much to do. I don't sleep. I'll stay up until two o'clock in the morning. I'll be back up at six. And you know what? I'm not Margaret Thatcher. I can't run on four hours sleep a night. Most people can't, um, you know, um, and, you know, there, there are, there are studies, lots of studies showing that different humans need different amounts of sleep per night. But in general, yeah. most people are not going to be able to function on four hours sleep a night unless they're taking a nap during the day as well. And this, this is where things can start to go more wrong than they would if you stopped and you, you got seven, eight hours sleep a night. 
Oh, and the I reason totally for that agree. is because you're you're not functioning at full capacity. Um, and there are also studies showing that when you don't sleep enough, you function like somebody who is drunk. And that means that even though you feel like you're chipping away at it, then when you finally do get some sleep and you come back and look at it, you'll go, oh my gosh, what was I doing here? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this may not happen with some things, but you, you do need to be careful to look after yourself during these times of overwhelm and get the break and get the sleep so that the work that you do do that is very important is up to your personal standards so that you don't feel disappointed when you come out of that tunnel at the other end. That's that's a really good point. I like I like thinking of it in the metaphor of like a road trip and you can't say to yourself, OK, well, I know I'll just skip the petrol station and I'll just drive like two tanks worth, and then I'll like double fill at the end once I get there. Like that exactly, doesn't work. no, it doesn't. The car runs out of gas. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know we're not at the point where we have electric cars that self charge as we drive completely. You know, at some point they're going to have to stop for a recharge. You need to do that as well. Um, yes, and, you know, and so one of the things that I've noticed, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, that is a really good time where it's it's a good time to cheat on many things. So cooking, I do enjoy cooking, but it's time-consuming, let's be honest. Um, And Mm. so what I do instead is I'll order in, or I might go out to eat, or I'll buy ready meals. Um, And that's okay, because I'm still putting fuel in the tank. Maybe it's not as good quality fuel as I would otherwise. So that said, there's some pretty nice ready meals out there. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm still putting the fuel in the tank. And then, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to get the rest as well. And between all of that, you know, I I am providing myself with more time, which I can use to take breaks. You know, you you have to find this time somewhere. Well, maybe cooking for you is a break or maybe sitting in front of Netflix vegetating with your dog is a break. Pick whichever you feel is going to be most helpful to your mental health and, and do it because, you know, overwhelm can be a very slippery slope. Totally. And I I totally agree with the break thing too. I found that for me, one of the most effective things that I can do um, is get outside, get outside and go for a walk because I Mm -hmm. feel like, uh, I feel like the physical motion of going for a walk helps me think a little bit better and the fresh air helps me think a little bit clearer and giving myself that time and space is, is really effective. And I feel like, um, I, I hear in my head too someone's advice, and maybe this is a cliche from a movie. I can't even remember where this came from. Was look at the chimneys. So as 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 I walk, I make sure that I'm not looking down at my feet. I make sure that I'm looking up at the world, and that something about that like really helps uh, me process all the things that are happening uh, in 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 my life. I mean, as we record this, it's like minus thirty one degrees centigrade outside. So. Not a long walk, but I mean, but getting outside for any amount of time is, is valuable and, mm-hmm. and putting my body in motion helps me, I think, keep up with my brain in motion a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I, I feel that for the vast majority of people getting up and going outside, taking some deep breaths is probably going to be helpful. Now, depending on who you are, you're going to get more mileage out of this than other people might. Um, I walk to work or at least halfway to work in the mornings and most of the way home in the evenings. And one of the reasons for that is 
you know, aside from physical health benefits, it is so that I have this opportunity to be outside. And I've given up listening to music and podcasts while doing this so that I both hear traffic and also so that I, I have time <laughs> to just be with my thoughts. Uh, because it's amazing how frequently I'll get home and go, actually, things aren't that bad. And I pull out, um, I have uh, a pad of paper from Muji. It's just lines with boxes on, on the left-hand side. So it's checklist notebook. Um, and I, I tend to just jot things down in there that it's, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do when I get home. And then, you know, as I've got home and then I get on with it. Um, and that's what I did today when I got home from work. I, I knew I had to put the oven on um, so that I could cook some food before I had a call and then we recorded this podcast. Um, and so I, I didn't put that on my list. I turned that on as as soon as I got in, took off my boots and my coat, and then I wrote down everything else that I needed to do. And suddenly mm -hmm. it didn't look so scary because I'd spent a good 20 minutes thinking about what it was right. that I needed to do. Um, and suddenly it, it all feels pretty good. And now I'm sitting here and talking to you and not feeling quite so terrified as I was feeling a couple of hours ago. Not so bad. As, as, as cheesy as it can sound to, um, there's one on uh, my Apple Watch. There's one with, with Fitbits as well. And probably just about every uh, wearable smartwatch is a breathe application. And it maybe it sounds cheesy, but holy smokes, I found that to be like super valuable mm -hmm. to just sit down and focus on my breath. And it doesn't have to be for long. Even like one or two minutes can be a wonderful reset. Um, and pro tip, check settings to see if there is a way that you can um, adjust the pace of breathing, like a how many breaths per minute. Uh, because I found for, for me, the default was not appropriate. Uh, so I, I slowed it down in order to force myself to take longer, slower breaths. Um, but that is a wonderful, like 120 seconds out of my life. It passes by super fast but it can be a wonderful sort of emotional and mental reset for me to get me back in my groove. I use that right before I go to sleep most days now. Um, I, I do five ah. minutes of breathing with my Apple Watch um, and I have a notebook by my bed. And so after I've done my five minutes of breathing, I'm not allowed to do it during the five minutes of breathing. I have to wait until afterwards. I scribble down all the things that are bothering me and put it behind the bed and go to sleep. Um, and that also means when I wake up in the middle of the night, um, I, I use the, the light on my Apple Watch sometimes as a torch so I can scribble more things in there. Uh, I've seen some very interesting handwriting in the mornings, I have to say. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it allows me to, to keep control of that feeling. And, you know, that, the, that deep breathing helps me clear my head of all of the, the worry that I have from the overwhelm so that I can get some sleep. And it's become a nice habit that I do almost every night. Um, and I very much enjoy it. That's, that's, that's really cool. I, um, I, I, I want to go back to, to something that you said earlier, uh, when you, uh, cause the, mentioning your watch just now reminded me of this, um, that you can see when you're not charging your devices, that can be like a kind of like an early indicator mm -hmm. of, uh, of like overwhelm is coming because I'm starting to make these little you know, air quote, like bad shortcuts in, in my life. Like I'm, there, there's things that, there's things that I'm saving time with that I'm, that I'm causing me to miss doing things like changing, charging my devices. I know that like for me, um, when I start misplacing things, uh, I know that that's a warning sign that like things are, uh, that I'm not in, in my best, uh, mental state because I'm, because I'm misplacing things. I think, 
um, being able to recognize and then do something about those kind of early warning systems, that's, that's, that can be a really powerful thing too. I mean, it doesn't help once you're past overwhelm, but maybe it helps when you're, you know, on your way there. Yes. Um, and for me, charging devices is a habit. Um, and I'm going to go with that. It's a good habit because it's something that I do do and it benefits me greatly because it means I'm not mm-hmm. sitting there in a meeting going, eh, my iPad's a 2% battery, at least most of the time. And, right. you know, your habits going out of the window is a pretty good sign that something is wrong somewhere. Um, and especially a habit that for me is as ingrained as charging my devices on a daily basis. The fact that that is completely gone at some point is usually a fairly good signal that either I've been traveling a lot or that, um, you know, something is getting at me and something is overwhelming me. Um, And it also means that I can't easily use them to help identify what is overwhelming me or what is coming at me that could overwhelm me. Right. And then I think that's a good time too to start like looking at, as you look at these incoming things, like what's overwhelming me, what's coming at me that might overwhelm me. This is a great time for me to like really buckle down and say, okay, what are the things on my list that I can like really defer or scratch off? Like maybe they seemed really important when I wasn't feeling overwhelmed. Now that I am feeling overwhelmed, are they still really that important? Or are these things that can wait? Like maybe these are someday maybes. Maybe these are defer to next week. Maybe these are never do's. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think uh, taking the time to delete things or remove things from like the scope of, of, of incoming is, th- th- I mean, this is exactly the time for that. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's one of the things I definitely do when I'm overwhelmed. I try to renegotiate some of my responsibilities. Now, it's very tempting that once you've renegotiated one of them successfully to renegotiate all of them. But that's just deferring your problem. <laughs> um, and th- deferring things is a great thing. But you know what happens when you defer everything to 9 a.m. on Monday? Everything comes back at you at 9 a.m. on Monday, plus all right. of the other things that past you thought should come at you at 9 a.m. on Monday and past you could have been you three weeks ago or you three years ago. It doesn't matter. You you have to account for this. And so I, I found selective renegotiation of agreements, whether those are agreements with myself or agreements with others, is is key because it's very tempting to go, no, it's, Scotty, can we just delay recording till next week? And, and David, can I, you know, renegotiate recording automators to next week? Great, thanks. Now I've got this week off. Well, it doesn't mean I can't, I can just take the week off to relax because next week's going to be twice as overwhelming um, because right. I have everything else that I had to do next week, plus everything that I didn't do this week that I've delayed until next week. Um, and so that that's that's where, you know, thing, things can get hairy. And in the opposite frame of that, I part of my monthly review is identifying points in the month where overwhelm can come at me. Um, and mm. as we record, the, the last week that we've just had and the week that I'm currently in are pretty darn overwhelming. I, I'm teetering on the edge. I am not quite there, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty scared by some things. Um, but you know what? I, I know where my end is because I pre-planned it. And I did reneg- renegotiate some things because I'm, I'm not around next week. I'm going on a work trip um, and I, I can't renegotiate the work trip because guess what? The workshop right. only runs on specific dates. So I had to renegotiate some things that I would have done during said trip to before said trip. But it's okay because I know where the end is. 
And I also know、mm-hmm. what things I can work on while I'm on the work trip next week so that when I come back, I don't immediately land back into the land of overwhelm. So there's two like super powerful things I think that you, that you hit on there. One is identifying the non negotiables, right? You're, you're going on this trip, that's going to happen. Namaste. Like all you can do is breathe into that and, and accept the fact <laughs> that is going to happen. Yeah. You, you can, I mean, so this is one of those cases where you like you can, you can yell at the sky or you can get an umbrella, but either way, it's raining, right? So,、um, so how, do you, how do you grab an umbrella about that instead of yelling at the sky about that?、Mm-hmm. This, the second thing is、um, for the things that aren't non negotiable, that are therefore negotiable. Making sure that, yeah, you're not looking at those like in bulk. <laughs> We're not just going to say, okay, all you things I'm interested in not doing today, how about tomorrow? No, I think you have to look at them as discrete items and, and renegotiate them or process them or evaluate them one by one on a case by case basis, knowing that like every one thing that you have solved for then becomes a little win. And there is a finite number of them. It's not infinite. It doesn't go on forever.、Uh, you can't just say, like you said, like, hey, everything's going to wait till next week. It's going to be, you know, okay, this thing can wait till next week. This thing I need to do this week, but maybe I can do tomorrow afternoon. This other thing, you know what? It seemed like a neat idea when I wrote it down. Now, eh, someday maybe, because it, it doesn't actually. You know, no one's, you know, no, no rabbits will be harmed if, if this is a thing that is never done and so on. And, and, but taking that, that time to butterfly through things, I'm going to use that metaphor now,、mm-hmm. uh, to butterfly through all of those things and look at them discreetly and don't just make the mistake of saying, I'm pushing off everything because that can lead to unintended consequences when, when that time and that threshold does come around. Yes, absolutely. It's so tempting when we're overwhelmed to just turn our backs on the world, curl up under a blanket, and watch Netflix reruns. Well,、right. you know, just because you turned your back on the world today doesn't mean that the world's not out there, you know, still generating that great list of things for you to do.、Um, and if you、mm-hmm. don't do anything, you, you know, you, it, I think the expression is robbing Peter to pay Paul.、Uh, you know, you,、right. you're going to have to get that time from somewhere. So by all means, take a break and, and do the Netflix watching. I did some of that last weekend, and boy, do I feel better for it. But you know what I also did last weekend? I, I did some work、uh, because it needed doing, and I felt better after I'd done it. And even though I didn't get everything done, I did a little bit of my butterflying. I hopped from here to there to everywhere, got stuff done, and I went off to the cinema with my parents to watch a film. So that was good. There、and、you go. I felt better afterwards. Yes. And then, and then in, in that afterwards moment, I think it's so wonderful. To take the time and say, okay, I did it. I made it. Self congratulation. I,、yeah. I, I, I made it through this period of overwhelm. And also,、uh, how did I get into overwhelm? And what might I have done differently knowing what I know now? So that, that we're I, I, like, I love to have like these sort of mini retrospective moments with myself so that I can say, okay, I just had an event. I've made it through the event. That's great. How do I make sure that that doesn't happen again? Or how do I, how do I learn from this to minimize the chance of it happening again? I, I know I can't prevent it, but I can, but I can minimize risk all the time. So, what, what do I learn about myself, the way I work, the way I react, the way I act, 
all of those different things. I think that is a, a really good time to, to go through that kind of a process. Yeah, the calm after the storm as much as that's anything right. else. Yeah. And that's also a really good time to, to stock up, batten down the hatches ready for the next go round. Because usually once you, you've just come out of it, it's there, there's there's two ways it can go. You can easily identify, it could be that you can easily identify other times when this is going to happen or is very likely to happen. And so you can plan for it. Or you might think, ah, I've just handled this. It was amazing and wonderful and absolutely terrifying. I can do anything <laughs> now. Uh, let Let's just say I, I tend to veer wildly between the two of those. It, you know, it, it goes to either extreme. It's never somewhere in the middle. Um, but right. I, I, I always make a point of battening down the hatches, um, you know, getting things prepared. So even though I'm not leaving, it's Tuesday as we record, I'm not leaving till Sunday. Guess what? I'm already packed for Sunday because I've got a lot of other stuff to do this weekend and I had a little bit of time earlier. So I'm, I've, I've, I've prepared for that for the next trip because – I had a little bit of time, and guess what? I'm not feeling quite so overwhelmed now. There you go, and you uh, now you've uh, minimized the risk of having leaving the house feelings of overwhelm when it's time to go. Exactly, and there's pretty much zero chance that I will leave without my charger. So even if I don't <laughs> manage to charge my devices, <laughs> I'm going to have a workaround for that. Part B: always have a workaround. Yeah, <laughs> have a workaround for the important things. Yeah. There you go. Well, I feel I feel better. I feel better just having been able to talk about this. Uh, so maybe maybe that is where we wrap up this week's discussion. Yes, from 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 our personal therapy session <laughs> back into your ears. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. So tell me, Rosemary Orchard, if people want to find you on the internet, where would they go look? Uh, they would go and look at rosemaryorchard.com, which has links to all of the things that I do on the internet, including my blog, social media, books, uh, podcasts, you name it. Scotty, where can people find you? People would find me by going to heyscottyj.com on the internet or by the same name at heyscottyj on Twitter or Instagram. Wonderful. And people can, of course, find the show at nestedholderspodcast.com with links to the podcast in pretty much every podcast player we could find. And if you want to send us feedback, we always love it. And you can do that via either the contact form on our website or you can use at nestedholders on Twitter to get in touch with us. Because we will tweet you back and we love reading your tweets. Oh, we do. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rose. And until next time, I hope... Uh, overwhelm stays at bay. Oh, yes. For at least the next two weeks. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.